Welcome to the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. It's time for you. A podcast produced for the sheep industry by Sheep Connect New South Wales. Hi, my name is Fiona MacArthur, a network coordinator for Sheep Connect New South Wales. The Sheep Extension Network in New South Wales, which is funded by Australian Wool Innovation. Sheep Connect New South Wales has a membership of over 4,000 and our main aim is to keep you and your sheep business up to date on information about all things sheep. We are pleased to have you join us this season for our latest edition of It's Time For You. With over 70,000 listens on our podcast, we thank you for joining us. In this episode of It's Time For You, I'm joined by Megan Rogers, Sheep Connect New South Wales Project Manager. Megan is also the principal of her agricultural consulting business, Megan Rogers Consulting Proprietary Limited, incorporating Sheep Smart Solutions, and provides a range of consulting services to farmers and corporate clients. Megan has been at the helm of her business since establishing it in 2013, after a career spanning more than 16 years with the New South Wales DPI. She's based out of her farm office in the heart of the sheep wheat belt in Forbes, central New South Wales. Megan and her husband operate a mixed farming operation with palmerinos and some dryland cropping. I've invited Megan to join us today to talk to us about joining and lambing this season coming into autumn. Welcome, Megan, and thank you so much for joining us again on It's Time For You. Hi, Fiona. Thank you. It's good to be back on the podcast. Yeah, I haven't been on for a while. No, it's lovely to have you here. So we're going to talk all about joining and lambing this season, coming into this season, which is autumn. It's certainly getting chilly up in my neck of the woods. So it's been a welcome change. We're all enjoying quite a good season across most of New South Wales recently. Can you give us a bit of an overview or an update on what the season looks like across the state before we get started? Yeah, Faye, so what we've been experiencing, and and I guess with the exception, I'll put a caveat on the exception of a small pocket of um, Western New South Wales um, who haven't been experiencing the um, the fabulous seasonal conditions that are spanning, you know, probably three quarters of the state have had above average rainfall for the past 12 months. Uh, There's an area back uh, to the northwest of um, Mildura, which is very much um, not experiencing that. They're they're having lower than average rainfall. The other thing that we have also been experiencing is cooler than average temperatures. And that that applies to approximately half of the state, which has been very interesting. So that's obviously uh, allowed our feed and and seasonal conditions to remain good uh, throughout the back end of summer when we normally see our summer growing annuals start to hay off and and um, everything turned quite brown and still remained quite green. It's been a, um, yeah, I think most people would call it a, a cool, wet summer. Yeah, that's certainly what I would describe it up here. I feel like I've missed summer altogether, but that's okay, not complaining. It's lovely to have the rainfall around and plenty of feed this weather's resulted in across the majority of our state. 
But with so much feed around, Megan, I'm always mindful about what the quality is like when we're starting to come out of one season and going into another. And it brings me back to one of my favourite sayings from an old university professor that taught me nutrition, and that was starving in the midst of plenty. So what are you seeing in your area? It's a really, really good saying, Fiona. And, and I guess it it really epitomises, like when I think of that saying, I think of, you know, what happens for particularly people that are autumn lambing. So if we think back to, if we think and refocus our thoughts on what's going on in the paddock, if we've got summer growing annuals and summer growing species uh, that aren't perennials like lucerne, I'll come to that in a minute, we've got grasses that are coming to the end of their life cycle. So what we do know is that as those plants mature, they put all of their energy into producing seed, uh, which is what you know most living organisms do. Their main aim in life is to reproduce. So as they, they move out of the vegetative uh, stage of growth and move into flowering, and then they, they die off or senescence. And basically, the further along that little um, life cycle you go, the less energy and the less digestibility, one in the same sort of thing for the purposes of this chat, basically the, the quality declines and it drops off. So the starving in the midst of plenty really sort of arouses a thought in, in my mind of years when we've got lots and lots of biomass, we know the quality's not, not really up to scratch for our metabolically challenged breeding ewes. So the, the ones that are going into lambing that have got high metabolic requirements, they're the ones that are essentially starving in the midst of plenty. There's plenty of tucker there, but it's not good enough quality to maintain their body condition and get them through that lambing period. So it really is a, a an interesting and, and it, I mean, obviously, you know, the end of the growing season happens every year, but in a year like this, it's remained green. Uh, there's, there is still green leaf, in the in the butts of some of these um, natural and, and native pastures but by and large the quality is really starting to drop off significantly and, and once you get to um, sort of the late flowering and out in head we can really only expect to be getting eight to nine megajoules of metabolizable energy um, per kilo of dry matter which basically is maintenance at best so you know we need to be bearing that in mind because in these great big seasons that we get, we, we do often find that managing our sheep can be a little bit more complex because, um, you know, flies, uh, flies, worms, and, and nutrition does become a little bit more complicated. So we, we need to think a little bit about that. So Megan, if there's the possibility that we might not have enough to sustain our autumn joining slash lambing, um, and we've, it's really important, as you've said, to get the nutrition right for that cohort of animals. What sort of things should we be looking out for in the paddock to know if we're providing enough for the animals? Well, what I think we need to be doing is we, we need to understand the relative quality and, you know, and some ballpark figures on how much nutrition and nutritive value you are getting out of your, your feed at the time. And, and so there's a few different tools that we can use that can help us with that. On the, um, on the webinar recording, there's a, a really nice chart which has been adapted by Southeast Local Land Services, which puts tropical and, and temperate species on the one little chart. And it basically just 
graphs the the energy or the digestibility, whichever side you want to look at, uh, as as those as species go through their life cycle. So really having a solid understanding of of the relativity in the amount of feed and and energy you're going to derive from that feed is just such a critical thing because obviously it's a busy time of the year irrespective of of what um, type of program that you're running. Yep we're going to talk about joining and lambing today but let's sort of start with joining I think and I'd like you to tell our listeners what your key things that you think we should be considering since we have such a season this year that we haven't had in the last few years? Look, what we need to do, I mean, I always think about joining time as that's setting up your yield potential. So you've got to have have some boxes ticked to make sure that that your animals are in optimal time, optimal condition. This is the natural joining time for sheep. So them being seasonal seasonal breeders, this is when they're at their most fertile and fecund. So if we can be providing them with ideal nutrition, we should be able to be getting hitting textbook and you know exceeding industry benchmarks for conception rates. And and that's really setting up the yield and the number of lambs that are going to enter our system for the year. So you know it, it is a critical time and you know, maintaining your breeding ewes at around condition score three, knowing and understanding what that is, is really important. And even having you, you use on a, on a slightly right, rising plane of nutrition at this time is also really important to ensure that you're going into that joining with your ewes in the best possible condition for a successful joining. So you'll get, we know that condition score and conception rate is a linear relationship. The better condition they're in, the more lambs you're going to conceive per 100 ewes joined. So that also applies to the proportion of those ewes that are pregnant that are carrying twins or multiples. So again, you know, if we're really wanting to be driving productivity in our ewes, we've, we've got to have the, the nutrition to, to drive that and that starts at conception, but also goes right through until lambing. So there's you know, little point having all of these lambs on board if you can't follow that through with nutrition at lambing time. And so we, we don't want our ewes overfat. We want them fit, not fat. Uh, we want them in at least condition score three. So the other things that I think are, are really important during joining is don't don't prolong your joining length uh, because, you know, at the moment I would suggest that you'd want or expect 70 to 80% of your breeding ewes conceiving on the first cycle. So I wouldn't be prolonging joining at this time of year because they're naturally cycling anyway. So, so limit that to five weeks. Make sure that you're putting the right percentage of rams out and don't skimp on those because again, it all comes down to, to the action in the paddock at, at joining time. So you, you don't wanna be putting them, putting your rams under unnecessary stress because you um, got caught a bit short and haven't got the, the right percentages. So again, there's a bit of planning involved in that and making sure that you've got an adequate number of rands, making sure that they're in condition score three and a half or a bit better. That's really important as well. So that they're, you know, again, fit, not fat and, and ready for their tour of duty. So that sort of comes back to doing those pre-joining checks, probably on rams and ewes, 12 weeks prior to joining. Um, you know, spermatogenesis takes six weeks. And again, making sure that your ewes are, are on target 
And then as you get a little bit closer to joining, just having another check just to, to sort of basically tick the box and, and um, give yourself the assurance that they're coming into joining in adequate condition. If you are joining new lambs, again, your body weight's critical. Condition score doesn't come into play until those animals are physically mature. So 80% of standard reference weight is the target that you need to um, have those ewes um, hitting and for them to, to be you know, physically mature enough to, to join successfully and, of course, use a higher percentage of rams in there because those young ewes exhibit a far more subtle estrus than, than the mature uh, breeding ewes, the adults. So that's a, an important facet to managing uh, through, through joining as well. Megan, you talked a lot about condition score and targets coming in for joining there. Is the same going to follow through if we skip and we look at lambing? Um, what, what are some of the key things that we should be considering coming into that lambing period? It's exactly the same, Fiona. And, and I guess we the other thing that, that we need to think about is overlaying what our nutritional requirements are over the season. So, you know, can hitting condition score targets after well, looking at them at scanning time and then working out what your strategy is to have them lambing with the when they're meeting the conditions condition score targets. So for singles, the condition score target is three, uh, same as joining. So that's nice and simple to remember and slightly more at 3.5 for twins. And again, at scanning time, have a bit of a, a a feel of, of what the condition score of those breeding ewes are and use that to refine your management. You might need to start putting some early supplement out, so it might be some grain. Um, and, you know, knowing what the energy requirements of your pasture are, as well as what any supplements such as oats, barley, um, or other grains, lupins, for example, are, you can really tailor the amount of energy that, that those ewes are consuming to meet their exact needs so that you're not wasting feed and not, not um, causing those ewes to, to be over fat by the time lambing comes around. But in, in a season like this, I'd be thinking about making some, some calls early and starting feeding early so that you're not having to put condition back on the ewes. I would be planning for that drop in in nutritive value to, to take place and start supplementing the animals earlier so that they are maintaining the good body condition that, that they've got on board. The other thing that I did want to mention is how important lamb birth weight is. So, you know, if, if we're lambing now, having our, our breeding ears in, in optimal condition really sets the, the, uh, the scene for, for how heavy those lambs are at at uh, birth and so for the multiples they're the ones that are that are most risk if they've got low birth weight um, the singles are less likely to have a lower birth weight because they're you know they're just physically not um, not competing for nutrition from from mum um, in in utero so thinking a little bit about that and and maybe giving our twin bearers uh, a little bit extra to make sure that they are maintaining three and a half in a year like this, you know, as, as the feed quality is starting to decline, you can you can tweak those singles a little bit better and you can run them a little bit harder because the impact isn't going to be quite as great. And, and in fact, you don't want to be running those singles too too well 
um, and putting too much weight on them because then their lambs are more likely to be too large and that'll run into problems at the other end with, with animals being over um, oversized and um, you know, with lambing difficulties. Megan, you mentioned the importance of supplementary feeding, whether that be for maintaining the condition that we've managed to put on in this great season we've just been having, or if we have got behind, we can help try and get our animals up there to meet our targets. What would you say would be the key must-dos for you when you're supplementary feeding your animals at lambing and bringing them on to that supplementary feeding? Well, the first thing is, is to know your animal's energy requirements and have an indication, just even, even if it is a ballpark uh, figure of, of an estimate of what the pasture is delivering. And, you know, there's plenty of charts available online. You can, if you look up wool.com, uh, you'll be able to find feed budgets. If you look up lifetimewool.com, you'll be able to look up the feed budgets. And that will tell you approximately how many megajoules of energy a different animal is going to take from high and medium quality pasture. And again, this, is, this isn't the most exact um, information, but it's a very, very solid and sound way to make sure that you are doing a feed budget that's meeting the requirements of your animals. So if, for example, you, you're, um, you're getting a, um, you know, mid-lactation, you've got 500 kilos of feed on offer of a high quality pasture and you've got twins at mid-lactation, they're only getting 9.6 megajoules of metabolizable energy from that pasture. Whereas at mid-lactation, those same animals need about 30 megajoules. So again, thinking about what the deficits are, and I know mid-lactation's a little way along and, and hopefully there's, you know, people have got some early crop in or they're loosened, staying green and they can, can maintain there. Again, it's it's about being able to, to use those ready reckoners and do some of those uh, calculations on the hop, if you like, you know, understanding how many megajoules of um, metabolizable energy your grain contains, you know, and that, and that's and another important part of that is um is doing a feed test, and you know, I mean, we love to we love to underestimate the feed value of oats because it traditionally has been such a varying um, grain depending on on variety and and um, lignin content and things like that. But I mean, I, I saw a, a feed test this season on some oats and they certainly didn't look very spectacular given the amount of rain that had fallen on them. But they tested at 12 and a half megajoules metabolizable energy per kilo of dry matter. So that's the equivalent of barley. So, you know, that's that's a very good news story in terms of, you know, the, the feed value of that. So you, you know you don't have to feed it, you know, extra because it's it's giving that the um the same amount of energy as a as a feed grain in. Okay, Megan. Well, we can't finish off this podcast this season without talking about worms and flies because we've had a great season, as we've said for everybody. The grass is good, the stock are good, but that means the worms and the flies are thriving as well. And it's certainly been a challenge for all of us at the moment. How much of a threat do you see that we're still going to have heading into autumn, and what should producers be doing? Ah, uh, look, I it's. It's a challenging time. Um, over the years, various veterinarians have even said to me, you know, once it starts raining, things get more complicated. And this season is no exception. 
in terms of worm management, the, the most important thing is to keep monitoring and testing. Don't guess. Um, do your larval cultures. You, you'll see, particularly down in, in central New South Wales where I am, you, you see a, a bit of a, a flip over of, of worm species partway through the summer. So up until Christmas, everything was scale worms. You know, and then we start to see more barbers pole worm come into the tests. So doing that, understanding what worms you're dealing with will help you use the most appropriate um, active ingredient, targeting the worm species that present. Uh, using two or more actives to change to change and change those around a little bit, making sure that those drenches are effective. Drenching again, so, some of this stuff sounds a little bit, you know, 101, drench to the heaviest in the mob. And you know, and weigh some sheep. You'd be surprised at what they weigh. Um, check your equipment, calibrate it, follow up the test 10 to 14 days after treatment. And really importantly, irrespective whether you're joining or or lambing, you don't want you use carrying a burden of worms at a time that's so critical in, in the management calendar. You set it, you're either, you know, realising your yield potential at lambing time or you're setting up your yield potential at joining time. And so any unnecessary setbacks are going to take lambs out of the system. There's no question. So really we need to be managing those ewes well and truly um, according to uh, best practice and thinking about what worms there are. Now we know that there's wormy paddocks, there's wormy sheep. So thinking about setting up your worm, your lambing paddocks is really important, probably more, more important than, than setting up paddocks for joining per se because of the fact that, that the breeding use immunity starts to wane you know, as they approach lambing. So number one, you're going to have um, use putting more worms and worm eggs out onto the pasture, which is going to, they're going to be taken up by the lambs. So last thing you want to be doing is, is having to, to drench at lamb marking or before. So thinking about, you know, if you've got some cleaner paddocks for lambing, preparing your ewes, you'll find if you if you don't prepare your ewes and make sure that they're they're drenched effectively in the lead up to lambing, then the the worm burden in that paddock is going to grow and you know virtually explode. So and then that's going to be a real problem. Always follow up 10 to 14 days after treatment. And it's a similar sort of story when we talk about fly management. Again, it's, you know, I, I don't know whether we've, I don't think we've had a 40 degree day here at Forbes this um, summer. And, you know, I could be wrong, but, and I haven't looked it up. But again, fly, it's fabulous fly weather. It's, it's remaining cool, a bit moist. Dag management's really important. And, and I guess birth fluid. Um, around the crutch and, and the breach is really important. So if you need to do a, an extra crutch, um, be mindful of withholding periods and sheep rehandle periods and things like that. If you are treating with preventative products, please don't continue, continue to use the same product multiple times throughout the season. That's only um, putting your, your local blowfly population on the freeway to resistance. So use effective chemistry and try and rotate. And that's why I say, you know, maybe a crutch might be something that, that might be worthwhile considering. Apply your product correctly. Uh, there's nothing nothing sort of you know, more frustrating than, than not getting a, um, the performance from products um, when you, you're going to the trouble of making a choice. 
only to, you know, for somebody to say, well, how did you apply it? And then you find out that it hasn't been applied properly. So if you're putting it through a jetting race, you know, does it strip? Are you recycling the fluid? Do you need to be hand jetting as opposed to, um, you know, not putting putting it on appropriately? Put the right volume of um, product on the animals as well. And don't forget the rams if you're joining. Make sure that they're not going out um, in a state that's going to make them susceptible to flies because once they get a, a significant fly um, issue, if they, you know, it doesn't even it doesn't even have to be a very large um, strike, and it might be around the pole. Um, then they're not actually going to be contributing any viable sperm because the sperm will they'll be rendered infertile temporarily, but during that time that they're uh, managing or battling that little um, fly outbreak. So again, make sure those rams are prepared well and you've done all of that. So there's, there's stacks of information available with regards to managing your breeding is at joining, into joining, into lambing, managing your rams, and there's, there's heaps of feed budgets. So I guess the most important thing I would suggest is if, if in doubt, have a look online. We've, as, as, as you know, Fiona, we've got a, a raft of information from, from years of, of having both webinars and, and other uh, speakers um, on our website. And if, if people want to go to the Sheep Connect New South Wales website and just type in tools, um, then that's where all of the webinar recordings are. Um, the other thing that's, that's um, that I couldn't stress enough is is to attend some face-to-face -face workshops. And, and as you know, Fiona, we're going to be um, coming back to our face-to-face -face, uh, workshop space this year, hopefully uh, restrictions going our way. But there's there's going to be um, plenty of opportunity for people to, to come in and speak to our accredited deliverers. Uh, about some of these types of issues that we've touched on today. Absolutely. Megan, there's plenty of information for everybody on our website, shitconnectnewsouthwales.com.au, and also lots of other podcasts that you can all catch up with. So that's it from us today. Thanks for joining me, Megan, for sharing your knowledge with all our listeners and for joining us today on It's Time For You. Thanks, Fiona. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of It's Time For You, the Sheep Connect New South Wales podcast. If you haven't done so already, rate and review us on iTunes. We'd appreciate it if you could share our podcast within your networks. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Australian Wool Innovation podcast, The Yarn. We'd love you to stay in contact with Sheep Connect New South Wales, and you can do this in a number of ways. Join our network by visiting www.sheepconnectnewsouthwales.com.au and you can find us at Sheep Connect New South Wales on Facebook and Twitter. We look forward to seeing you at our workshops and events during the year. Thank you again for joining us today. Bye for now.